Chapter Forty Nine of the Peril Finders. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gina Wei. The Peril Finders by George Fenn. Chapter Forty Nine. Griggs is stubborn. The days glided by with the stiffness in Crisley's limbs growing less painful, and the pony recovering fast, for the clear mountain air seemed to act like a cure for wounds. Every day that came showed the injured animal in better condition. Its efforts to move no longer made Chris wince and forget his own pains in those he felt at seeing the Mustang suffer. Everyone was busy, for the keeping watch regularly took up a good deal of time. Then shooting had to be attended to, so as to keep up a good supply of fresh meat, to the birds upon which the party depended grew shy of coming to the spring, and two or three anxious discussions had been held about supplies for the future, the result of which was that a decision had been arrived at, for the departure to be made as soon as possible. Chris was quite strong enough, so he declared, had a Pooh! and at last every hour seemed to make an improvement in the mustang. It's all nonsense, Ned, cried Chris, for them to think that they're staying on account of us. Hullo, Griggs, were you listening? Nay, I was close here, and your chatter came rattling into my ears like peas. We're not waiting for you now. How did your pony go this morning? Splendid. Just halted a little on the bad leg, but it's better than it was yesterday. Did you canter this morning? Canter? We went at a good swinging gallop. And what about you? Oh, I'm only a little stiff still. Here, I want for us to be off. We shall get strong more quickly journeying over the plains or climbing in and out among the mountains. I don't like to bother my father any more. But what does he say? He says we're to start tomorrow at daybreak. Hurrah! cried Chris. But we shan't, my lad. Why not? Because I've seen Indians again. Oh, you're always seeing Indians again. Here it has been one day, and you've declared that they were gone. And then the very next day you've seen them again. Well, they show themselves to me. I didn't want them, said Griggs dryly. They're an artful lot. Never been away at all, I believe. We couldn't see them. But if we made a start, they had been close upon our heels directly. Ah, you'll have to trap them, Chris, said Ned maliciously. Look here, if you say that again, we shall quarrel. Hear that, Griggs? Oh, yes, I hear. Serve you right. Why don't you drop all that teasing? If you can't show us a better way, you had better hold your tongue. "'Very well, I can do that,' said Ned haughtily. "'There, that's enough,' cried Chris. "'Don't be so petty, Ned. "'We've got something else to think about besides teasing and bantering.' "'That's right,' cried Griggs. "'Look here, lads. "'I've just been trying that place again. "'I started from the mouth of the valley. "'I ran in and out among the rocks and trees, "'got to the foot of the way up quickly, "'and then acted just as if I had the Indians after me. "'I've no doubt about it now. "'Once I could get them after me, I could lead them a pretty race, and dodge in and out till I reached the path up to the terrace, over the way, scuttle up, and let down stones enough to stop them from coming after me, so that I don't believe they could clear the way for a week. Then you're ready to try at any time? Any time the doctor likes. But what about the arrow? said Ned. I'm not afraid of them hitting me, my lad, said Griggs confidently. Being shot at by fellows with bows and arrows sounds bad enough, but there's not much risk here. I don't know about that, said Chris anxiously. Don't you? Well, I do. I should be running fast and dodging in and out among the rocks and trees. 
That would make it hard shooting for a man standing still, wouldn't it? Yes, of course, said Chris, with a dubious look all the same. But the enemy won't be standing still, continued Griggs. They'll be galloping after me as hard as they can come. Not that it'll be very fast, for mounted men can't get along very well among rocks and trees. What's more, they can't shoot straight with their ponies cantering. I don't believe there's a bit of risk for me. I shall be all right. What I'm afraid of is that when I come alone through the narrows with the whole herd full pelt after me, some of the mules and ponies will squeal or neigh and make the enemy suspicious. If they do hear anything, we're done. But our animals will be well back in that hollow, said Chris. Yes, my lad, but I want them to be planted further back still. There's a bit I've been looking out quite a quarter of a mile further off, and I'm going to propose it to the doctor as being safest. I'm afraid father will say that the ponies ought to be close at hand. Yes, that's right, if it can be done. But it will go hard with us all if the Indians gave up the bait of the trap and turned upon those who said it. We mustn't run risks. There's a way of doing things more safely. Well, you must talk it over with father, said Chris. Let's see. We're going to have another look at the place this afternoon, aren't we? We were, replied the American, but we're not going now. Why? Too many redskins about, as I told you. There are always too many redskins about, cried Chris impatiently. I wish we could charge them boldly and send them flying over the plains. Never to come back again, said Ned sharply. Yes, that will be very nice, my lads, replied Griggs, but it will not do to be impatient. Impatient, cried Ned. We've been patient enough. Not quite, my lads. Don't you see that we're playing a very ticklish game? The plan is to get out of this valley ourselves, where we are regularly locked in, and to put the redskins in our place, locking them in. It would be rather remarkable if it wasn't a ticklish job. Just then the doctor came into the shelter where the boys had been talking, bringing with them Wharton, who had been shooting, or rather, trying to shoot, for he had had no success, and they too were talking earnestly about ways and means. "'Oh, here you are, Griggs,' cried the doctor. "'Had a good turn at scouting?' "'Yes, sir.' "'And all seems favorable for our attempt tomorrow?' "'No, sir. The Indians have shifted their quarters, and they are in about as awkward a position as they could contrive for our purpose.' "'Then what do you propose?' Nothing, sir, but wait. But we really cannot wait any longer, Griggs. Provisions failing too fast. We must get away from here to some good hunting ground. Do the Indians seem to be camping or only on the move? They seem to me to be hatching up some dodge or another, replied Griggs. I shouldn't be a bit surprised if we saw them over the way there. Just one or two, scouting. And if we do, I should be for a stand at arm all night. For it might mean an attack after dark. The doctor stood at the opening, looking across the valley as if impressed by the American's words, and expecting moment by moment to see one of the Indians creeping along the edge of the cliff. Then he began to walk up and down slowly, evidently deep in thought. At last he started, as he suddenly became aware of the fact that everyone present was watching him, keenly waiting for him to speak. There, he said, I've made up my mind. It is very evident that we may wait here till our stores are exhausted, and be as far off the opportunity we seek as ever. The Indians can't wait. We cannot, and they seem to know it. I believe they fear that if they're patient, their opportunity will come. I have felt something of the kind, but I am convinced now that it will not, and that we must chance something and make it. Going to give up young Chris's plan, said Griggs slowly. No, I'm going to put it in force at once. We start tonight. A thrill of excitement ran through Chris, and his heart began to beat. Then he was listening, so to speak, with all his might. We shall make no particular movement to after dirt, continued the doctor. 
only go on as usual apparently in case there are eyes watching us as is most likely to be in the case griggs nodded his head but all the same we can be making our preparations the barrels can be filled with water and everyone's bottle provisions can be packed in our wallets in fact everything held ready for a start finally just at dusk the animals can be driven in for food and water and the doctor stopped and looked full in the american's eyes not allowed to go off again exactly replied the doctor but before any more is said griggs i want to offer you the opportunity to draw back what for said griggs sharply because it is a very risky thing to do you propose offering yourself for a mark to the indian's arrows and not a bit of it sir i'm going to take care they don't hit me yes yes but you know what i mean right i do neighbor and it's very handsome of you to offer me the chance to back out but i'm not going to i've made up my mind that it's about twice as risky to hold back for sure as the united states are the finest in the world if we stop here much longer these cunning savages will give us a surprise which will end in their losing a lot of men through shot holes in different parts of their persons but those who escape being hurt will have the satisfaction of taking possession of all the traps of half a dozen folk who came to look for gold but found only a place to lay their bones alongside of some other folks who got into trouble here ages and ages ago then you mean to hold to your plan i mean to do a bit to carry out young chris's plan and shut up the redskins for a week or two perhaps a month while we get right away there is a horrible side to it griggs would be if we let them get the better of us sir you mean the shutting up the enemy here to starve said bourne cha ejaculated Criggs, so sharply that the boy started serve em right if they did sir what business have they to want our scalps but we shouldn't shut them up to starve they'd have weeks of work before they could get their horses out but without horses they'd be out in a week starve nonsense they'd have the water they can make fires and cook their horses it takes a deal to starve a redskin but there i don't want to make speeches it's all settled gentlemen but you've got to tell the lookout what's coming off i'm going up to have a few words there at once said the doctor now everyone understands that he is to be ready without showing any watchful indian scout that there is something on the way no one spoke but the looks directed at the doctor gave answers enough and the afternoon was spent in preparation for what all felt might prove the most momentous adventure of their lives end of chapter forty nine recording by gina way